views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. to this broadcast of BTR News or Black Talk Radio News with Scotty Reed. Of course, I am he. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of what I call USA Inc. It is a Friday morning. I believe it's Friday. Y'all have to excuse me. Um, yeah, it is a Friday, June 14th, 2019, as we come across these airways to you live. Um, if you're listening to this later on the podcast, thanks for tuning in if you think the information um, should be shared with other people who you think should be exposed to the information, the opinions, or any knowledge that we're kicking on here. Uh, by all means, please share the podcast. Just want to give a, a quick thank you to one of our regular, or a couple of our regular donors to the Black Talk Media Project. Had some donations come in um, to the organization yesterday. And of course, this helps sustain all of the media operations, all of the programming that you find on our platform. So please become a contributor if you are not already. Uh, every little bit helps. We have people who are on a dollar a month subscription. Um, so, you know, they're doing what they can and it's certainly appreciate, appreciated. So thank you to those um, donors. You know who you are on like giving out names and things because people may not want um, people to know their business and what they give their money to. Um, but you can also contribute by becoming a member of btrcommunity.com. Of course, that's the social media platform um, that was set up as a safe digital space um, for black people and those who are looking for to engage in social media in a more secure and anonymous platform where your information isn't being sold to companies who pay for your email addresses and things of that nature, uh, all your personal data. You, you know how those big social media platforms, man, they know all your contacts. You got them apps on your phone. They all in your contact list, and, and they sell that information. They data mine you. So if you're looking for a data mining free platform, join us at btrcommunity.com. Now, um, today I had actually planned to discuss as my main topic um, the situation that's going on in Iran right now as this was breaking news yesterday in case you didn't hear the news two oil tankers once again have been 
attacked and by whom isn't clear. But of course, the U.S. and all this, all this um, co-conspirators are blaming Iran, and it is just so absurd the story that they are trying to sell, and that would be the Trump administration and their co-conspirators in the American news media, uh, regardless of their partisan uh, leanings. Um, You know, um, so it is so ridiculous. It's like Laurel and Hardy type comedy. Like, I'm, I'm serious that people are openly calling it the gulf of Tonkin. Again, if people don't know what the Gulf of Tonkin is, it's just one of a list of incidents known as false flags where a government will stage an attack on its own forces and even put out there that an attack occurred that didn't occur as a pretext to invade another com- country, um, you know, just uh, bomb them, slap sanctions on them, and everything they can to to uh, overthrow uh, the ruling body. But um, the subject matter kind of changed for me. I'll still talk about that later as what's in the news. I'll go over it briefly before I get to my main topic today. Um, But we are scheduled, um, if my brother is able, as um, he just came in on a plane this morning. I have uh, contacted him via text message. But Brother Kwabana Rasuli, he's been a guest before, of course, um, he represents Clear the Airways Project. I have been working with him to bring awareness um, to this killer radio that's playing all of this, I don't even want to call it hip-hop, but playing all of this rap music that promotes negative behavior, that outright promotes criminality, promotes things like rape, um, I mean, I was going to say date rape, but rape will suffice. I mean, you're drugging someone, um, putting drugs in their drinks or, yeah, drugs in their drinks and what have you. And just all kind of vulgar, vulgar, vulgar um, codes of behavior are, are promoted. And so Miley Cyrus got called out for saying and what I found out that this was in 2017, but Miley Cyrus got called out because she said she left hip hop or she was getting turned off by uh, rap music because of the vulgar uh, language that's in it. And then especially as a woman, uh, she was speaking more of it from a woman's perspective of I'm not your sex object is how I would paraphrase uh, what she had to say. Um, and so, you know, again, I reached out to Brother Quab and I was like, are you seeing this? You know, because I'm posting about it on Twitter. And, and you know, of course, as a, a media personality and a program host, I, I have to be on those other platforms and other in order to expand the audience and what have you. And, and then people, you know, um, some people do care about what I have to say on some of these issues and topics. So I just found a lot of hypocrisy in that. Um, you know, as somebody hit me up on Twitter, and you can hit me up on on Twitter as well. Uh, I've been thinking about new ways for people to contact us doing live programming. And if you're on Twitter, you can hit us up at Black Talk Radio on Twitter. It'll pop up in my notifications. But the best way is to call in if you're not shy, or if you're you know not in an environment that would prevent you from calling in. Uh, you can give us a call at 
5056. So, um, you know, definitely, but I did get some feedback on Twitter and the person said they'll check out the podcast. They didn't want to argue. And it's, it's not really anything to argue about. There's either, it's either truth or fiction. It's either truth or fiction. Either, you know, uh, we find logic in what is being said or we find it to be illogical. And so it just made me really, you know, start thinking about this deeper because it really doesn't get a lot of attention in black radio. And so I want to talk about rap music as Miley Cyrus, you know, some of the push, but it's not really about Miley Cyrus. Let's not make it about her. Let's make it more about what she said. And if there's any truth to what she said now, of course she's come out and apologized and, and all that and, and saying what you would expect a politically correct person or a person who's trying to be politically correct and and now she's backtracking and saying oh I you know I got a lot to learn about my white privilege and and so uh, what I I regret what I said because it was kind of divisive and you know I'm I'm still learning is basically what what she said but I didn't have a problem with her original comments because I wasn't looking at the cult of personality, the celebrity who made the comments, but whether there was any truth to the comments. Is this an accurate assessment of what we hear on radio stations um, targeting black communities? Either it is or it is not. Anything else, these little side arguments that people want to take it down is a distraction. Like some people want to talk about culture appropriation. Oh, she culturally appropriated rap and and this and that. Well, that's because they don't want to talk about what she said. And what did she say? So, you know, that'll be my main main topic um, today. So real quickly, let me uh, check my conference line. I do see Brother Kwabana. Uh, on the line, so we'll be speaking to him in in just a moment. But let me quickly go through what's in the news before we get to our main topic. Uh, If I have time, by the end of this broadcast, you know how time goes by quick, and if we're really chopping it up and and having a constructive conversation about a topic, I don't mind staying on one subject the entire program. Um, But, you know, let me just quickly go through what's in the news. So here's some news that caught my eye. I was going to do a show on this as well. You know, maybe I'll come back on it Monday, but I got to mention it because it's in the news now. So yesterday I reported that there is going to be congressional hearings. Danny Glover, a longtime activist, um, also a celebrity actor, um, more known for that than he is known for his activism and his socialist leanings. Um, But he'll be one of the people invited to testify to Congress at this reparation hearing uh, that is going to be held by a panel of Congress next Wednesday. And we'll definitely try to carry that live on BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. But in response to this being shared, um, this person on Twitter at MechaStar7 said that HR 40 hearing raises questions questions, especially when they don't invite ADOS founders or the resident ADOS economists. And when you ask the invited economists who also happen to smear ADOS in articles while supporting a virulent attacker, you get and called a liar and a uh, B-I-T-C-H, some feminist. So she, this is a black person 
allegedly, I don't know, never can be sure when you're dealing with social media, um, but she's attacking this black woman um, um, because that is what ADOS really is, the foundation. They came out the gate and drew attention, and I'm talking about the founders. And the founders are simply YouTube personalities. Now, I could be wrong, but they haven't created a nonprofit organization. They're not registered anywhere. They might have a business, like an entertainment business or something, um, and you know, the, that's where they get their YouTube or Google revenue from. Uh, all the you know subscriptions that generate ad revenue, but I wouldn't even go there. You know, founders of a hashtag is really what you're saying. And then when you were questioning, I, you know, and I asked her, um, can you be more specific on your suspicions? What's suspicious about a hearing in Congress on HR 40 when people have been pushing for that since 1989? Probably longer than this person appears to be ha has been alive. So, you know, that warrants a lot of attention. And real quickly, this is what I said um, in response to uh, to that. Um, let me see if I can find it right quick. Well, I, I know what I said. What I said was, now, you can't engage in name calling. And actually, that's one of the 10 basic stops that Mr. Fuller said, Mr. Neely Fuller said that victims of racism should practice in speech and action is name calling. Name calling, being discourteous, squabbling, those are all on their cursing, cursing, gossiping, gossiping. Anytime you're spreading something that's not a fact, you're engaged in gossip. You're spreading gossip, you know? And so this, any it, it, it should be without a debate that people using the ADOS hashtag have been very virulent. And the founders on their YouTube videos generating a lot of a lot of views. And when I say a lot of views, it's not like a lot in terms of millions and millions. You know, like some of them people get um, when they go viral. You'll see one at maybe 100,000 for one video, 60,000, 70,000. I don't know how much revenue that's generating but that, you know, that doesn't represent the masses of people. But um, those using that and the founders themselves in their videos have used very vitriolic commentary, attacking ancestors, attacking older people, like in their 70s or 80s in the movements. They like, say, Dr. King or Malcolm X and any of those movements that black people were uh, uh, involved in that they thought enough to create actual organizations and and what have you and actually build relationships with people in Congress or in Malcolm X's um, case building relationships with people that uh, are at the United Nations so that means other world leaders and, and what have you different movement lead, leaders for justice all over the world. See, you got to put in network to get invited to Congress. You got to develop a relationship with Congress. Um, that's how you get bills passed. So I don't see nothing suspicious about a hearing being held. But if you are wondering why uh, Antonio Moore and Yvette Carnell hasn't been invited to speak as as experts on something um, having a, a following on YouTube and social media does not qualify you as an expert on the area of reparations. 
It, it really doesn't. Okay, and then the way it also works is, and, and, and again, and we're talking about working within the system because that's what we're talking about. If you're mad that a person hasn't been invited to Congress to give their input to Congress, hoping Congress to do something, you're talking about working within the system. So you can't, you can't on on social media and YouTube videos call these people out their name, different various members of Congress. Um, the people who run organizations or the heads of history departments, uh, you know, academics and what, you can't call them names. You can't be belligerent and saying how they were failures and, and just engaging in a lot of uh, um, immature name calling and then think you're going to get an invitation to Congress. Let's be realistic. So, again, I, I could do a whole program on that, and perhaps I will. But anyway, moving on. Um Another thing is the Gulf of Tonkin light false flag attack on oil tankers. Now, I would advise you go to Twitter and and put in the hashtag Gulf of Tonkin. That's spelled T-O-N-K-I-N, Gulf of Tonkin. Use that as your hashtag and look at what has come up. So now we got some black and white, grainy, out of focus video of a, a small boat pulling up to a big boat in the Gulf of Oman. And the Pentagon is the person or is the entity that produced this video and saying it's evidence that the Iranians had attacked um, either the Japanese or Norwegian. There's conflicting information, whether it was both the oil tankers with Japanese that that looked like, you know, uh, somebody said um, C4 charges on them and blew them up because they certainly didn't hit any landmine, I mean, excuse me, uh, mines, sea mines, because sea mines are either below the surface of the waterline or they're right at the waterline. Therefore, it's going to sink your ship. It's not going to blow a hole in your hull uh, feet above the waterline, like halfway to the deck. That's not going to sink nothing. So they have some grainy footage of a small boat pulling up to one of these tankers, removing what they're calling a land, a, a, a mine, a sea mine. What did it do? Jump out the water and attach itself halfway up to the deck of this ship. Landmines don't work that way. That look like a, a, a C4 plant. And you really don't know, because all I, for all I know, that could be some grainy footage of somebody removing a barnacle from the side of this ship, a crustacean, <laughs> you know? So the State Department and obviously the Pentagon is saying, oh, this is evidence that the Iranians, now, mind you, this is all going on while the Iranians and the Japanese prime minister are meeting to try to ease tensions. And, and, and you know, because the Japanese get buy a lot of Iranian oil. They depend on that Iranian oil. So they trying to prevent war, and and perhaps Japan is probably going to work with the Europeans to undercut U.S. sanctions and go through the financial mechanism they have just completed from what I was reading yesterday to allow those countries to still purchase oil from Iran. So while the Japanese prime minister is being hosted by Iran, it makes sense. Is it logical? Is it plausible, I ask you, to believe the Iranians would then have um, their forces or anyone under their control try to blow up two Japanese or one Japanese oil tank. That makes absolutely no sense. And I'm telling you, once you see the footage, it's like 
they shot it with an eight millimeter camera that you bought, you know, that was manufactured in the fifties and you bought it at a pawn shop or something or came across it at a yard sale or something. Come on now. You you spend you got a trillion dollar budget over there at the Pentagon. We can't get in living color video or something. We can't get digital video. Why are we looking at something that's of worse quality than the Zapruder film? You know, the film, the eight millimeter film of Kennedy getting assassinated. It's worse than that. Come on, y'all. Come on. So that's what's in the news. Now, again, let me set this up as we get ready to go into our main topic. So I noticed that people were mad at Miley Cyrus. Now, like what Miley Cyrus done did to make black people mad? What kind of racism was she practicing that black people are mad? So anyway, I, I clipped this from the article. I don't even remember the website, but I just clipped a paragraph. But this is what I posted it. You know, I, I clipped the paragraph. Uh, I took a screenshot of the paragraph from the article, posted it to Black Talk Radio's um, Twitter account. And I said, people operating on lower frequencies can get mad all they want to. But Ad Miley Cyrus was correct about the state of hip hop or excuse me about the state of rap music today. Sure, she did exploit the genre and made some money, but some people mature and it was crap when she did it and it's crap when other people produce it. Now, this is this is what they're mad about her comments. They said, post bangers, because remember she did, and she did jump in the genre. And I want to tell you though, you can't be accusing white people of appropriating a culture when you're talking about a music genre that was built on sampling, which is appropriating. Jay-Z got sued for for uh, sampling this Egyptian dude's uh, uh, song where it played, you know, I, I, my uh, daughter said she don't listen to Jay-Z, so she couldn't tell me the name of the song, but it go like, and he got sued for that, had to pay millions of dollars. That's appropriation. Okay, sampling is appropriation. And then, you know, the different costumes that they wear. If I'm dressed up like a shogun warrior or I'm calling my, you know, that's Japanese culture. If I'm dressed up like a Native American, that's Native American culture. If I'm if I'm calling myself the Wu-Tang Clan, nothing against the Wu-Tang Clan because I like Chinese movies, Kung Fu movies too. But that's still borrowing from a culture. But let me tell you why it's absurd to accuse a white person of like they don't belong in in the rap industry. White people control the rap industry. Sure, they got some black figureheads or or as David would call them, Dave Otando would call them celebrity figureheads. And, you know, they would been talking about Jay-Z got a billion dollars. That ain't that ain't cause of just the music industry, though. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, he got different investments and what have you. But I'm 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 just trying to understand, though. Well, I already understand it, but it, it is my hope to make other people understand this. So it's not that I'm coming at them in an adversarial way. I know 
sometimes the tone of my voice makes me sound like I'm being adversarial and I come across like that sometimes. So I'll try to talk calmer and what have you. But I'm also, it's like I'm trying to get across to not only the younger generation, because there's some old heads that listen to this garbage too and, and play it at family events. As, uh, you know, a person in their 60s told me last week. Okay, so I'm talking to you like you my 28-year-old daughter or my 26-year-old daughter or my 20-year-old daughter who I know is caught up in this madness. Okay, so I know while my two oldest daughters don't call themselves the N-word or any variation of that, I, I know they club, I know they dance, I know what they play in the clubs, and I know what they dancing to, music that is mass producing in words okay so this is what she said post bangers Cruz changed her opinion on the merits of rap her 2017 album younger now was a return to the country pop sound that defined her early career in a press promoting the album cyrus insulted the hip-hop culture she made so much money borrowing from several years earlier, she told Billboard that she liked Kendrick Lamar because she wasn't rapping about money and women the way everybody else seemed to be doing. I love Humble because it's not come sit on my... Uh, I'm 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 trying to keep it clean, even though you know most of our podcasts are rated as explicit because we don't have a delay where you know people use cuss words and stuff. I can't stop that, so you know I'm still not going to use this language. But she says, "Come sit on my D I C K, suck my C O C K." I can't listen to that anymore. That's what's pushed me out of the hip hop scene a little. It was too much. Lamborghini, got my Rolex, got a girl on my C-O-C-K, and I'm so not that. So, and then I found out again, you know, this is from 17, 2017. It's for some reason has been recycled. I think she might have another album out, but it might be, you know, being recycled now. And there's outrage concerning this from the N-word crowd. And let me describe the N-word crowd because I'm coining a term. This guy asked me on Twitter, he said, I don't know about or what the N-word crowd is. The N-word crowd, and I know that might sound like name calling, but this is what they call themselves, uh, the nigger crowd. If you call yourself a nigger, if you call other black people niggas, if your whole whole self-identification process through your language is nigger this, nigger that, nigger forever, you know, then that's the N-word crowd. That's the nigger crowd. So let's not pretend like we don't have a segment of people who are black who are referring to themselves as niggas or N-words. So that's what I mean by the N-word crowd. I don't mean it in a derogatory fashion, although the rappers use it. in a, When you talk about killing niggas, don't tell me that's spreading love or that's a term of endearment because it's not. Okay, so that's what I mean by the by the N-word crowd. The N-word crowd is is very angry, but I'm empathetic to the N-word crowd because I know that white racists control the rap industry, they control the radio industry. All of it works together. And so they are in control. They run it. And if they want to give one of their little white daughters or or girlfriends or sisters 
uh, deal and promote them, well, it's theirs to do that. So we can't even complain about that because we ain't in control of it. We just represent the face of it. Well, I'm not going to say we because we as black people have to decide are we inwards or are we black? You can't be both black and proud and a nigga and confused at the same time. It don't, it's illogical. It's a fallacy. It cannot work. You cannot be black and proud while calling yourself a nigga, which to me represents you in a state of confusion produced by white people. Not just white, any white people, but racist white people. So that's why I had to bring on uh, Brother Quabna to chop it up. Now, I didn't mean to go 30 minutes, but I thank Brother Quabna for hanging in there. And I'm going to bring him in. Uh, this is, again, Brother Quabna Rasuli of Clear the Airways Project. He also uh, does a lot of work with other organizations that he's affiliated with. Thanks for hanging in and being patient with me. Uh, Brother Quabner, because I kind of got, you know, just into what we're going to be talking about. No, man, you, uh, I was into it also listening to you because it's, you've been hitting it on the head, man. It's just, you know, not just with this issue, the issue of that fake Gulf of Tonkin incident, the issue with the, uh, that, um, disc operation, disc operating system group. You know, you've been hitting it on the head. And, uh, you know, when I say disc, and I did, this just came to my mind. That's what I thought about when I first heard them. I'm um, talking about disrespectful. And when you talked about them, it made me think about how disrespectful they are of our elders. So I, that just a dis operating system, D-I-S, like we used to say in hip hop, um, somebody disses somebody, they disrespect them. Those, those they disrespect so many of our elders. It's like, come on, y'all. Why do y'all? Well, you can you can push for reparations. You can be a new group pushing for reparations. And not disrespect the elders, not disrespect those people who have worked so hard, not disrespect those who have, uh, who righteously, you know, know the merits of Pan Africanism and how we still need Pan Africanism. Come on. So I'm sorry, but that ain't what you called me for. But I was just, that's because but, I was but, to your but it kind of ties in. It kind of ties in, and we have to be empathetic again. You know, somebody had read had tweeted out an old program I had done, and and it was quite funny because I was trying to find it on Black Talk Radio Network, and I couldn't find it because I couldn't remember the authors of the book's name. But I did a podcast, a podcast called or broadcast, which is now a podcast a few years ago called Black Brains Damaged by Racism. Black Brains Damaged by Racism. And when I was kicking it with that brother who wrote that book, um, saying, you know, 400 years of racism has produced um, retardation in the growth, in the intellectual growth of black people, of victims of racism, victims of slavery, and what have you. And so, you know, I, 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 we do have to recognize instead of um, becoming, because it's easy to do, being uh, filled with feelings of hate for these people or, or disdain, we have to have empathy and understand that niggas are engineered. This is nigga code of, be, of conduct. That's what I'm going to call it. And I'm going to use the word nigga because that's the word that y'all use. This is what you're calling yourself. If you're a black person, you know I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you because you, you wouldn't disrespect yourself like that. You know, that's what uh, that's what Chairman Fred Jr. Talk, called it when he talked about 
uh, how they create, how this country created that. And I know Speech Thomas from uh, Arrested Development, he has, I know he has two parts of it out called the N-I-G-G-A Factory and how they created it. I don't know if you had a chance to check that out yet, but some excellent work from Brother Speech. Yeah, the nigga factory. That actually might be a web series he had on YouTube. Because he, you know, I, I, I interviewed him back in, and it wasn't even concerning hip hop or music or anything. It was concerning um, him being a Ron Paul uh, supporter um, back in 2008. You know, I don't really want to say supporter, but supporter of the policies that Ron Paul was pushing, like ending the drug war back in 2008. So I, so I have kept up with Brother's speech over the years and, um, you know, follow him on social media, but he has a YouTube channel where, you know, I think he, he's trying to, uh, produce more media. But yeah, I remember the nigga factory. Yeah, man. And so, but this whole thing with, uh, you know, I was, I, I'm with you when I first heard her, Molly Cyrus, deal with that issue, you know, and you know, she ain't the person that we look at, but she's still popular, and I, I agree with her. I mean, this stuff is, you know, it's, it's out of control. And then to come back now, and they're saying now, because I've been doing a little reading on it, that her album is coming out, and it has some, a lot of hip-hop flavor to it, so a lot of rap in it. So it's, that's maybe why she said that now, try to backtrack on her anti-misogynistic growth uh, and now she's trying to backtrack on it and then I just saw a video where she's uh, fingering pieces of fruit talking about her new album is coming and so it's just man it's, the whole thing bro is out of control and we just shared the other day that you know come on y'all we gotta realize that you know 90% of this music that our children listen to drop M-bombs on us. I still don't use that word. You know, I say it maybe like once or twice a year. It slips out of my mouth. I, I don't ever use it on purpose. It just slips out of my mouth. So I think it's the most dangerous, disgusting, despicable uh, word in the history of, of English or any other language. That word. If you were African, a person of African descent, and I don't say you can think otherwise, because that word leads to so many things. It's a dehumanizing term that, you know, that it dehumanizes you pretty much that when you dehumanize somebody you can do anything to them or I mean, get them to do anything or, or, or requiring huh? a very important point though or get them to do anything to themselves yes yeah, yeah. and and you're right man and so I was thinking of, uh, recently too I'm like uh, it was one day I think I heard the word about 20 times in that one day and not from and nobody nobody European dropped it on me all Africans had used that word. I'm like, this is so sad. But it's like I said, it's in 90% of the music. Like our brother Bob Law says, these rappers use these N-bombs, drop these N-bombs, in order to assure their European handlers that they are not talking about raping and disrespecting their women or not talking about shooting and killing their sons. So I guess it's just an unwritten code that you have to drop the N-bombs in this ratchet, violent music, this misogynistic, pornographic music, to assure their white handlers, the 3000 Committee, whatever these groups are, that the Europeans would handle them, that they're not disrespecting, they're not talking about killing their son. You know, and again, this is why I wanted to get across to um, the person I interacted with on Twitter, 
Um, and again, if, if y'all want to add, y'all can call in 704-802-5056, hit the star key twice, watch your background noise, or hit me up um, via um, Twitter at Black Talk Radio, and it'll show up in, in my notifications. But what, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not that I have disdain for black people. I have disdain for what white people have created, you know? I, I disdain a behavior. I don't disdain the person, especially when I understand the person was engineered via music, via lack of education or miseducation, uh, through so many socialization processes to be the way they are. So I'm not, you know, at the end of the day, suspected racist white people are in control and they're most to blame. But this gives us an opportunity to address the issue. So we know who started it. We know who created the nigger, like James Baldwin. Uh, and I'll play that clip of, of James Baldwin because I'm saying, you know, James Baldwin said to white people, why did y'all create niggers? Why did you need to have a nigger? You know, was it to make yourself feel better about yourself or, or what? What was the socialization uh, process of making us niggers? And what have you. So, but we have to ask ourselves though, are we black? Are we African American? Now, you know, we got some people identifying as ADOS, and that I would prefer a person call themselves ADOS than call themselves a nigga. Stop identifying yourself as a nigga. We got to ask our question, uh, ask ourselves that question. Am I black? Well, I'm a nigga. Because you can't be both at the same time. Okay? But Jones. His brother, uh, what was his name? Something Jones Jr. wrote this piece, The N-Word and this Equation in Our Destruction. And one of the things he talked about, why they did that, why these Europeans did that, is that, you, you know, even when you go to war, you got to label the enemy a, a gook or, a, you know, just a derogatory, dehumanizing word. Because when a person kills a human, a human being, they typically feel guilty about that. But if you kill a, a gook or if you kill a cockroach, like we call our brothers and sisters when we were... Uh, committing that genocide in Rwanda, Burundi area 25 years ago. It's just a cockroach. You just stomp them out. So you just the end. You three-fifths of a human being. You ain't you dehumanized. So ain't nothing to lynch you or to or make you work from can't see in the morning to can't see at night and not pay you or to sell you away from your children. Because you're not a human being. You're in. Mm-hmm. But I realize I can still get pleasure from you, so I'll rape you. And I don't care about your feelings or your, 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 that man over there's feelings your child feelings because you're not even a human being you're just an end so it's dehumanizing that's their justice that's why they did it and so they got us doing it and so when like my brother my, my blood brother talked about it, he said when these brothers and sisters nowadays when they meet their demise on the streets in these streets during this fratricidal playoffs we got going on when they meet their demise what, what do you think the last word they are called or that they heard is is it brother sister is it their name is it man, or is it, or is an bomb dropped on him, or mm-hmm. or is the shooter saying, "Oh, I got that in," or oh, oh, "What up now, in," or "B B B ass in"? That's the last word that they hear. Is that in bomb, and then are they gone, or they're shot? And it's happening all around this country, all around this country every day. And it, we're being programmed. We are programmed to kill each other. And what is programming us to kill each other? The main thing that's programming us to kill each other is the music. 
Right, right. And, and I'm no, and, and just so people don't think I'm naive or I don't understand that this could be Miley Cyrus' pu- uh, publicity team, her handlers, her managers, uh, bringing this back up and creating this controversy themselves as a way to bring publicity to her new album that's coming out, which, as Kwabna just shared with us, is going to have elements of hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, so but again, it gives me and others who who share my opinion of the detrimental impact of of uh rap the rap industry today in creating inwards uh an opportunity to address this issue so let's not deflect and say oh she's appropriating culture she made all this money uh, and what no let's talk let, let's not even talk about let's just divorce her from the situation let's no divorce her from her words Okay, are the words true? Does does a lot of this music that come over the radio or targets our black people over all the radio stations? And most of the radio stations is owned by white people that's targeting us. White corporations like Clear Channel or iHeartRadio. Or, uh, you know, you do have the Kathy Hughes out there who who all about making money. So they literally sell out and they hit us off with the nigga programming. Because they're getting paid. In corporate media, we got to, you know, uh, not corporate media, but corporations, the Walmarts, the McDonald's, the what, you know, you know, you know the list more than I do, Brother Kwabada, the ones who advertise and underwrite this nigga programming. They finance it, man. They're financing. So that's one of the things we're doing. Just real quick on the cultural appropriation. It's interesting, too, that uh, Molly Cyrus's father is on this song with Lil Nas or whatever, Young Nas, whatever his name is, and this, to me, and you know, I know we talked about country music, because you and I had a personal talk about it, but that song, which I think is overall a weak song, but everybody loves it. I was with my little, my little nephew uh, this past week when I was traveling out west, and he just stay in the, in, the, in the kitchen, and he starts singing that song, but you know, because it gets heard a lot. But anyway, talking about cultural, if you want to talk about cultural appropriation, that's what they're talking about. You know, we know Charlie Pride and some of them have made this cultural music country music anyway but but the respect us campaign you know we work with the national congress of black women which is led by uh, dr ife williams and that's the organization founded by shirley chisholm after shirley chisholm c dolores tucker and we know the work she put in in terms of this music and then right after c dolores tucker is the sister e dr ife williams and Dr. Williams has been working with the National Black Leadership Alliance, the Nubian Leadership Circle, Clear the Airways Project, and a bunch of other groups and in, in, uh, in demanding that we get respect. Respect Us is the name of the campaign. So we, we, we got we a brother in January in New York City. Uh, we had people travel from different parts of the country. We had religious leaders. We had educators, activists, you know, come out and meet with some of these corporations who were financing this music on these commercial radio stations. Commercial radio, I call that because that's how they make their money via commercials. And so you, we'd have to hear these songs about, uh, I got your H on a leash, and I'm, my chopper is going to de- decapitate you and blow your face off. Hear these songs about kidnapping women and, and raping them, uh, saying that if somebody don't trust somebody, they can shoot you. And then here comes a Coles commercial, a JCPenney's commercial a McDonald's commercial, a Subway commercial, therefore financing this madness. So we sent them letters and said, you know, all y'all got representation in New York, come on out to this lyric symposium. We want to we let you know 
the effects, firsthand the effects of what your what your program what your uh, financing. Maybe y'all don't know, but come on, we sent letters, we had phone calls, we were there. They didn't even show up, man. They just totally disrespected us. They didn't even show up. Didn't y'all send them sample lyrics as well? We sent them sample lyrics. We, we, we are, you know, the organizations, like you said, the National Congress of Black Women reached out to them, National Black Leadership Alliance. We, we reached out, man, and we sent them letters. So we decided, okay, let's go to phase two of this campaign. So we had, we had an economic withdrawal weekend in, in, uh, in March. And, so the, and, you know, we didn't really, like, have a way to measure. So this one is nationwide. The one that's coming up is called the Juneteenth economic withdrawal weekend and we're doing it on the weekend of june 21st 22nd and 23rd and so we're we're asking the people to stay away from mcdonald's and subway on that weekend they want to disrespect us disrespect our people they want to finance that killer music that dangerous music then just stay away from them so this direct action being planned uh philly atlanta but mainly new york dc and chicago to send them a message that we're not going to have this no more bro this is just out of control. And so that's the Juneteenth Economic Withdrawal Weekend. All these Juneteenth celebrations that are taking place this weekend, we, we have to, we've been getting the word out. We want y'all to at least share with the people what's going on, on on next weekend. Next weekend. This is imperative that we do something about this because, you know, Scott, you've been very supportive uh, of this movement because you know the, 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 uh, their power of music that very, for so long with the Clear the Airways Project. And we've been struggling for so long against this madness. So, uh, but we need help. We need the people to come out and help them to stop sitting back and letting them disrespect us. Well, definitely any um, uh, graphics or, or memes or anything over the Internet that I can promote, uh, flyers, what have you, please, you know, definitely send those to me or, or link, send me the links to where I can grab a copy myself so I can use the power of Black Talk Radio Network, you know, to circulate that boycott. Um, you mentioned Dr. E. Faye Williams and at some point in the future in support of the campaign you just spoke on, I would like to have her on as a guest. And I know, you know, you're my contact in, into that, you know, uh, uh, plugging in to these people that uh, have are taking this very serious as they should be, you know, because um, I'm just reminded of what Dr. Uh, Kamal uh, Kambon said that said our people are very serious about not being very serious. But there are some people, black people, who are being very serious about this N-word programming. It's not just even just the N-word, but the behaviors that it promotes. So you sent me this article, and it's not a real long article, but it's titled, We're Better Than That. And it was written by Dr. E. Faye Williams. So I, I want to share that right now. I'm going to go through it real quick. She says... I can't remember a time in my adult life when I wasn't working on justice issues on behalf of people in my community. I work for the benefit of women who share my views and some, but it's rare that I'm embarrassed about something um, women are doing. Lately, I've taken the time to view a lot of videos on various rappers and tried to give them the benefit of the doubt. I understand the argument about what they do is the lifestyle they live. Some say it's their reality. Well, my life ain't been no no crystal stare, as the saying goes. I've had my ups and downs, but I've always wanted to do better, and I've tried to help others do the same. We're better than a lot of what I see. I sat for hours viewing videos that made me sick, but I had a purpose. I just didn't want 
uh, just want to say rapping is the style and some young people who do the really hate-filled and vulgar stuff don't know any better or aren't capable of doing something reputable to make a living. Then I began viewing videos that explain how people of other races lure young, let me, and, and let's just go ahead and unpack that there. How people of other races, meaning non-black people, white people, suspected racists, is it, it, how I'll put it. Um, I understand people in her position, she can't use, you know, uh, it, it's not diplomatic sometimes to just use the raw words that we want to use. So, you know, um, but I, I can, uh, I can, that's what I'm here for. So, um, you know, she says, uh, I begin viewing videos that explain how people or other races lure young people in contributing to their own oppression because they're so caught up in being a star. They're lured into horrible things, giving money, flashy cars, and everything they could ever hope for except decency. They're introduced to drugs and crime and spending on things they'll never need, but it becomes a part of their lifestyle. Then one day they think they're a star and get uppity enough to ask for their own money instead of having things issued out to them. They then find that other people have gotten rich on them while the rapper, with few exceptions, is actually in debt. I see beautiful and smart appearing young women resorting to a low life for which their parents never taught them. I identify with them simply because they are black and women. I cringe and become drained when I see a group like the one called City Girls dancing and prancing and shamelessly using vulgarities in front of white men who appear to be shocked by the sight of what the women are doing. I keep saying to myself, we're better than that. I ask myself, this is why... Our ancestors often died to gain opportunities for all of us, including our sisters, to be able to be free to do anything they want to do. Some argue, saying they're exercising freedom of speech or freedom of expression. I think you will agree those are not freedoms that advance any of our righteous causes. Please go to your computer, and I'm going to leave it right here. Please go to your computer and look up City Girls Act Up. Look up Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, and I am not yet asking you to look up some of the men who encourage drug use, murder, rape, etc. Just look up the young women rappers I've, I've named and ask yourself, is this what the Essence Festival should be promoting as the essence of a black woman? This year, City Girls are invited to the Essence, essence Festival along with the First Lady, Michelle Obama. On the one hand, we they've invited a woman of substance along with a group with no class. Essence Festival leaders need to hear from you about their choice of who represents black women. And I'll just say this, because she doesn't mention it, but who's sponsoring the Essence Festival? Is it cool cigarettes? Is it uh, old English malt liquor or McDonald's, Kentucky Fried Chicken? Um, you know? So again, now, now Quabna, I'm gonna go ahead and warn the listeners. Now again, this is a this program does go out as a podcast under um, um, explicit language because again, every once in a while, uh, words come up. So, but again, if you got any people in the room that's offended by a certain type of language, then leave the room now. Um, if you're a grown person, you can't be offended. You know what I'm saying? That's a childlike behavior, taking offense to it. But if you don't want your children exposed to it, I'm giving you fair warning now. So 
Here is some city a sample of city girls act up. It's on YouTube and it's it's produced. It's published on the Vivo uh, uh Vivo uh, channel on YouTube. Who owns Vivo? You know again in in the video uh, uh advertisements that you'll see on there. So you know we know who's in firm control, who's underwriting it. But we don't have to participate. But this is what she's speaking of, one of the videos. Let me cue this up. Watch watch your ears. The governor has actually canceled spring break for all spring breakers, okay? They're acting up out of their minds, okay? The city girls have started an active challenge that is driving the spring breakers literally insane. Take a look at the footage here. Real ass bitch, give a fuck about a nigga. Big Birkin bag, hold five, six figures. Stripes on my ass, so he call his pussy tigger. Fucking on a scamming ass, rich ass nigga. Same group of bitches, ain't no ass to the picture. Drop a couple rights, watch his ass get thicker. Drinking on licking, I'm licking at your nigga. If it's money, why he can eat it like a sister? I ain't got time for you fake ass hoes. Talking all loud in them fake ass clothes. Fake ass shoes, match that fake ass cold. I'm the realest bitch ever see you snake ass hoes. Okay, that that's enough of that. Brother that's, enough, that's enough, Scotty, Scotty. Yeah. So, yeah, can, can I want, yeah, man, you know, a couple things. So the city girls aren't performing at the Essence Fest. And one, a couple of reasons why, and then Dr. Williams talked about it in the column, is that uh, one of the city girls is locked up in prison. Uh, so it would be the city girl. And then I find out today, I'm away from the airport to go get to, shuttle to get, get to my car. I'm talking to the driver, just me and her in the bus, and letting her know what's going on, you know, sharing information about the Respect Us campaign and this Juneteenth economic withdrawal weekend. And I talk about the city girls being at the Essence Fest. And she said, and I told her, said, yeah, one of them ain't going to be there. She said, yeah, I know. And the other one is six months pregnant. So if she's on stage, she's going to be doing like Cardi B, performing and, and twerking while she's pregnant, if she's on stage. But they are still invited guests, so it's just to let you know. I mean, of course, they're not wrong being pregnant, but just, just the, uh, but just in terms of, but just the optics, the, the optics of that. Yeah, yeah. And so, the, but the first time I heard the song "Act Up," man, I'm telling you, dude, this is again on a bus, on a shuttle bus, going to a professional conference. So many people at this conference, we had to get these uh, outlying hotels in, in, in Detroit, and I'm with all these college students. So we're the the, the regular bus. Uh, one had to take, be taken out of service, so we're in a party bus. So the white boy in the Detroit said, "Okay, look, y'all can play y'all music now." So I said, "Oh boy, here we go!" Crowd, uh, the party bus full of uh, full of young Africans going to this conference, this technical conference. And so brother gave him some music he got, and so the, you know he playing this ratchet music, playing some old school big pun and some just some other current ratchet, ratchet crap. And then the girls, not the brothers on the bus, but the girls in unison, pretty much said, "We want to hear act up from the city girls." No, they said we went here act up. I'm like, what's act up? I didn't even know at that point. You know what? We be we be monitoring this crap, and that's what they that's what they wanted. That's the first time I heard it. The sisters, the young sisters, wanted to hear act up, and this again, college students at a technical conference. So you know what the deal is, bro. And so one of the things we've been doing, Scotty, lately, is we've been asking young brothers when we see them, a young or youngsters, what percentage of the music you listen to drop n bombs on us? Oh, uh, 60, 70, 80, 90. What percentage of the music calls 
your big sister, your mama, your auntie, or your daughter, whatever, calls them Bs and Hs. Oh, 90, 100%. What percentage of the music encourages you or, or tells you to go shoot and kill somebody? Uh, 70, 80%. Bro, why are we not outraged at this crap? And like you said earlier, but you know, I was listening. Your daughter, our women, can't, they can't go out to a club. They can't go anywhere and dance without being called a B or H, without being called N's, without being told that their brothers, that their potential husbands, that their, you know, fathers should be shot and killed in our music. What is wrong with us? That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I would submit to you that it sees, listen, I would, I would submit to you that once this music got outside of New York City and the beginning of its creation, okay, that it ceased to be ours. Once those non-black people took it mainstream, it ceased to be ours because now they're in control. They pick the artists. They pick the artist's content. They tell the artists how to dress, just how to be a nigga. And so it's, I'm not claiming it as our music, okay? Um, you know, art anyway, you know, although you will have original creation, art inspires other art. And I bet you Paradise Gray, um, any of the early hip-hop legends that are, are cited as the founders of hip-hop, they will tell you that this is not, their creation. This is not what they intended. Hip hop was what? Uh, based on peace, love, and having fun. Okay. It wasn't based on uh, conflict. Okay. Hate. And engaging in, in you know, all kind of debauchery and what have you. Also, uh, uh, you know, it ceased to be ours. I, I will sum- submit to you. If I don't control... How is mass produced? It ain't mine. If I'm, if if I'm, if the artist in the context is being picked by people who don't look like me, who don't represent me, who didn't come up, you know, uh, in 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 more grounded in an African centered culture or indigenous culture, you know, um, then it's not ours. I'm not claiming it, okay? Cause I'm not I'm not an N word, and so I'm gonna go to break. Right now, I'm going to take a station identification break. We're going to go to the break with this clip from uh, James Baldwin uh, asking white people, why y'all create niggers? And I'm asking the question, why are we choosing to be niggers? And don't give me that there is a difference because there's not. Any first of all, who came up? Uh, uh, nigger is based on Negro. Negroid, Negro is based on Negroid. Nigger is just another variation of the root word. So there's no difference. And, and, you know, there was those people, oh, we mean it as a term of endearment. So you talk about shooting people you love. That's what you tell me. You talk about raping people that you love. Mm. You know, really? No, that argument doesn't hold water. So we'll be back on the other side again. I will check my Twitter notifications to see uh, uh, if anybody wanted to chime in that way. But they can also call us 704-802-5056. 704-802-5056. Hit the star key twice. Please watch your background noise. What white people have to do is try to find out in their own hearts why it was necessary to have a nigger in the first place. 
Because I'm not a nigger. I'm a man. But if you think I'm a nigger, it means you need it. The question you've got to ask yourself, the white population of this country has got to ask itself, north and south, because it's one country, and for a Negro, there is no difference in the north and the south. There's just a, no, a difference in the way they, in a way they castrate you. But, that's, but the fact of the castration is the American fact. If I'm not a nigger here, and you invented him, you, the white people, invented him, then you've got to find out why. Black Talk Radio, your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. My, um, one of my regular guests, Brother Kwame Rasuli of Clear the Airways Channel, is chopping it up with me um, about hip-hop, the state of hip-hop and rap music. Uh, because the two aren't the same thing, although people use it interchangeably. Hip-hop was more than just about the music. It was about dancing, although it's hard to dance without music. But it was also about fashion. It was about art. You know, graffiti is finally recognized as an art form. And again, it was a way to actually suppress conflict between different neighborhoods in the community. Again, it started in New York. It it was a way to minimize conflict, minimize violence uh, as an outlet. You know, instead of having a shootout out, we're going to have a break dance contest. Or we gonna we gonna see who got the uh, best flow on the mic and what have you. And so you know, just if you just follow it since then, you'll just see all these other um, negative, low energy elements infiltrate infiltrated once it got outside of the control of the original founders of it. So, brother, yes, Qu- a, brother, Kwame, knowledge, you know, yeah, knowledge is in there too, man. Not, you know. Knowledge is one of the principles, and and you know when we talk about this, we're not just talking about uh, hip hop and just getting on rap per se, man. Because you know we do a conscious hip hop show. We've been doing it for twenty years now. It's every Friday night it's called the weekly wrap up, where we play conscious hip hop. We don't have enough time during our segment to play the artists, all of the artists of so many of the songs that are current with our brothers and sisters who are making music that's not disrespecting the people that's not laced with n-bombs that's not you know rapping about materialism i mean they're talking about environment like sadat x got this song out called agua where he's dealing with water just the issues of water a very creative song just simply entitled agua our brother jay live had this album out recently called uh, uh how much is water dealing with same same sort of issues excellent music beautiful music that our children our people would love if they heard and so and you know when we talk about censorship Again, I've got to talk about our brother, Elder Bob Law, with the National Black Leadership Alliance. He said, you know, censorship, he said they call for censorship because if the song ain't talking about uh, shooting and killing somebody or, 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 or pornography or dropping in bombs, they don't play it. They censor it. If it ain't negative, if it's not killer rap, if it's not violent, hateful rhetoric, they censor it. They don't play it. And so, brother, so, you know, Man, it's just it's this this uh, music, bro. We know the power of music. You know the power of music. When we do these presentations, a lot of times we bring um, uh, conscious hip hop CDs. We bring slow jam compilations that we have, and all sorts of music. And so we give them away when we do, a lot of times we do these presentations. 
And guess what goes first? Guess what goes first? You think the conscious hip hop goes first? No. Or, 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 or sometimes we have some jazz or slow jams. Guess what goes first? What's that? Slow jams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like. I'm a bit amazed when I started doing this. The youth grab them slow jams first, man. They love and, and appreciate good, mellow, loving music. Mm-hmm. And so, man, if, and while we do that, man, we ask the question, name us four or five slow jams that's been out in the last couple of years, and they struggle all the time. They always go I can't tell you one. I can't tell you one. I can tell you some in the last 50 years. I mean, I was big on Switch, and then later the Barge, they came out with some great soul slow. Even Michael Jackson had some some nice slow jams or what have you. But you're right, though. Um, you know, they're not trying to program people to be mellow, to think about love, to think about relationships, to think about those those matters of life. They, you know, want them to obviously um, have this killer um, mentality to where everybody's your enemy or, or, you know, you're constantly in conflict with somebody else. You know, that's what that's what it's become about. You know, who's the top this? Who's the top that? Who's the best? Who got the most money? Who got the flashiest car? Who got the, oh, man, you know, who throw the best parties? Who look the best? Oh, man. Yeah, and, you know, and, it's, and they talk about, uh, you know, I used to say it, too. I used to say these radio stations are providing conflict resolution instructions for the masses. But, you know, when we monitor this stuff, a lot of these songs ain't even no conflict. You know, they're rapping about disrespecting women and they uh, fake materialism. And all of a sudden, I'm going to run up in your house with the shoddy and your moms might be at home. And they ain't even talking about that in the song. Nothing about that. Then all of a sudden, here comes, well, you know, Metro don't trust you. I'm going to shoot you. Ain't got nothing to do with this. There's not even a conflict in the song at this point. And then the reality piece. I mean, this, this rapper named YFN, Young Fly N-Bomb, YFN Lucci, had the song out and rapping the song about, I, I mentioned it earlier, I got your hoe on the leash. That's not reality. You don't see no nobody walking around here with no sisters on no leashes that they play this in hot rotation. Because if you did, I think the people would do like they did that dude that shot David Ortiz in the Dominican Republic. Well, so I, I do recall Snoop Dogg. I do recall Snoop Dogg, who's been rewarded outside of the rap industry now he's hosting a game show and all but remember though he had two two black women on the leash walking oh, yeah, down the red carpet what i'm saying is that's not that's not they act like well that's that's like it's not like the it's not reality because you don't see that all the time it's they, they, right. well, that's they reality i don't think it's, it's why it's in lucci's or the masses of the people who they program and play that stuff for it's reality to have women walking around here on leashes because i don't think brothers would have it just like we asked the question about the, the B-bombs when we talk about the percentage that you hear, we follow up a lot of times with what if somebody called your mama or your sister or your daughter or your grandmama a B or H? And all the time, the brother said it ain't going to be nothing nice. It's not going to be nothing nice because we still don't take individual disrespect of our women. But if you want to do it mass, you know, we so, you know, it's just music. Or the sisters will say they ain't talking about me. But no, bro. I mean, so they just, you know, they come with with all this crap, man. You know, you know, they just wrong for this, and we wrong for not organizing properly to put a stop to it. That's why Juneteenth uh, uh, economic withdrawal weekend is so very important. And bro, this is something else that's about to happen. You know, we had uh, we work with Rage Against the Ratchet, group of brothers and sisters out of Philly, Delaware area, music producers, some bad brothers produce some bad music. Talking about some slow jams, some good music. 
so they, they got tired of it too, Brother Carvin Hagens. And part of their group, man, they were filing complaints with the FCC about this ratchet music. Because, you know, they, they shouldn't be playing it at all. I mean, that's so, something um, that, that you... Um, what's Brother Paul last name down there in Florida with the radio station now? Used Paul to, Porter. Paul Porter, you know. Um, I remember years ago we doing programs and encouraging people to monitor their local uh, radio station that is targeting black people and make FCC complaints because, I mean, there are rules they just ain't being enforced and they're not going to be enforced until the community demands that they be a force enforced. But right, you yeah, know, well, that, well, that's... Well, that's one, of, one of the brothers, you know, he did put a lot of work in doing that and one of the radio stations, you know, shot, shut down. He asked him, why y'all shut down? Oh, we couldn't keep, we couldn't afford to keep paying those fines. So they will fine you. But like you said, it's important that the people do that. And the process is like a five-minute process. But one of the other things they did was they, they put, put forth, uh, help uh, the city local city council develop a resolution condemning their local radio stations. And over a year ago, we did that in Gary. And we just we got word now that a major, and I mean a major city in our country, will soon be hearing a similar resolution about the killer, violent, vulgar, pornographic radio stations in their city, a major city soon to be hearing that resolution. And then I was also just thinking, see, because we do want to come up with solutions and we do want to empower the people because we have power. You know, I mean, as much as power as we have in this system, but uh, um, in a system of racism and practicing slavery, um, but we still, there's power in numbers and what have you. And one of the ways that we, we can I- empower ourselves is like by not relying on the Federal Reserve. I mean, excuse me, I'm about to say Federal Reserve. Not relying on the Federal Communications Commission to police the airways. We could even create local ordinance, get politicians or city council members to sponsor them if need be, to even pass stronger local ordinances against Built uh, obscene music that comes across the local radio station for that market. Yeah, we should. We should. Those are some of the things that we have to do. Some of the things that we lay out when we do that. But we have to start getting this word out. That's why it's so important, brother. I'm so glad that you're back on talking about the news that we need to hear and and, uh, and sharing that because it's so very important. You know, Malcolm talked about it, the importance of media. You know, everybody knows the importance of, well, I shouldn't say everybody knows it, but we know the importance of media. They know it. Uh, but I would, the masses should understand the importance of propaganda right. and, and the importance of right. media and controlling your media. And like you said, we, we don't have control of this music genre, genre as, as it is push, being pushed out to the masses. Because you know we're coming up on 40 years. 40 years it was the fall, late summer, when I first heard it in the fall, of 1979, when Rapper's Delight came out, you know, when King Ten the Third from the Fatback Band came out, that was 1979. And we're looking at 16, 19, and 400 years, uh, supposedly of us being kidnapped and brought over here. But we're also looking at a more shorter history of 40 years of commercial uh, hip hop or rap music being on these airways. Well, Brother Quabana, man, I want to thank you again, as always, for dedicating your life to this very important issue because Malcolm said media controls the minds of the masses. Music, television, um, print, news articles, uh, everything is a way 
of programming people on the color of their perception. And it has unfortunately covered a lot of people's perceptions that they're niggas and have gotten them to adopt nigger codes of conduct. I'm going to say it again. You can't say I'm black and I'm proud, but then identify as a nigger and show all signs that you're confused. You just, it, 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 it's no logic in that. And we can't, we can't come and don't take this as Scotty doesn't like you or Quabana doesn't like you. We wouldn't be pointing these things out if we didn't love you because we see the harm that's being done to you. And we're most angry at the people in charge, the suspected racists and white supremacists who have created, as, as Brother Speech said, this nigga factory. So we love you. That's or else I wouldn't care. I wouldn't even be addressing it, brother Quabner. And I know you got love yeah, for him. Man, and even the, I think about the last poets on that that album when they say "Ends of Scary Revolution." And at the end of it, you know, the brother talks about that. He said, "I, I love him because that's me. I love my people." And so you are. You, we are our people. We are one. And when we start, when you do good, I do good. You know, we we gotta we gotta start understanding that. And not in, but that's they don't want us to. That's why they put that out there, bro. We didn't talk about it, man. But we have to continue to spread this word. We need the people to be with us, Dio. You, when we asked him about this this phenomenon of this craziness with this music, you know, he, his response was, "Well, that horse is out the barn." And uh, you know, our response back to that was, "Well, if you got a horse out of or any type of animal or entity outside infecting and messing up your people, what do you do? You let it stay out there and, and continue to mess with your people or tear your people up?" Or do you deal with that animal? Or do you put it back in the barn? Or do you just off it? And we got that. That he's right. It's out here and it's infecting us all over. I'm watching NBA basketball last night. The commercial come on. And they playing this commercial with this ratchet song that drops n bombs and b bombs all in it. Man, so a lot of work to do, brother. You put in that work. We put in that work. Juneteenth economic withdrawal weekend, June 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Do not buy anything. Do not support. McDonald's do not support Subway restaurants. Those are that's our issue. That, that's our target for that weekend. Let's 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 hit them where it hurts. If Rush Limbaugh can lose 14 sponsors by simply saying that Sandra Fluke was a slut for three days and lose 14 sponsors, our daughters, our mamas, our sisters are worthy of getting rid of them fools when they disrespect our women 24/7, 365. All right, bro. Well, definitely, um, I won't. I will be having you back. Um, I'm kind of feeling good about the relaunch of uh, me doing the live broadcast again, um, you know, so I'll be in touch and definitely want to hook up with some of the other uh, leaders in this movement. So, hey, bro, you stay peace. Uh, you stay safe out there behind these enemy lines and, and you know, I, I will stay in touch. I appreciate you, brother Scotty. You too, man. I'm glad to have you back, man. All right. So, I'm going to take a music break. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a music break, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to hit this ADOS topic in this congressional hearing on reparations. I mean, uh, anytime that you can get members of Congress, the people um, who are partly in charge of running this country to address reparations, that's a good thing. And I don't understand why other people don't seem to understand that that's a good thing or why you would want to 
suggest that there's some kind of conspiracy out there and so you don't trust this hearing and and you like like really suggesting that people should boycott the hearings don't watch the hearings don't support the people going to the hearings that sound counterproductive uh to me which then again makes me question um who's really behind this movement that has so much vitriol and causing so much confusion and hatred for elders and organizations and, and saying because they ain't got something, because you ain't got a reparations check in the mail yesterday, that what they've done has been a, a, a giant failure when the very hearings are based on the very legislation that they helped write. And I'm talking about Ann Cobra, who, by the way, will be launching a weekly hour-long program on Monday nights. Uh, I believe it. We, we agreed on 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on this network. And then, you know, you, you engage in all this vitriol towards members of Congress. And I, I will, too, if it's warranted. But I'm not I'm not trying to get a seat at, at that congressional panel table to give my expertise or testimony. And then I really don't uh, use a lot of derogatory names. There are a couple of politicians, Hillary Clinton, evil woman, very evil. You know, I, I, don't, I would never even sit down uh, with her. But, you know, Representative Sheila uh, uh, Lee Jackson and other black representatives, no matter what I think about the CBC, if, I'm, if, I, if I want to advance an issue, then I'm going to address those people in a respectful way because I need to talk to their staff to even get an invitation or to even to propose some legislation to them. To introduce into Congress, that's called diplomacy. It's relationships. So you shouldn't be surprised that if you've engaged in name calling, if you've engaged in squabbling and and cursing these people and on social media and on YouTube videos, why are you surprised that they don't want to talk to you? That uh, that you should understand that, unless you're a product of the nigger factory. Because niggas don't think straight by design. And y'all never hear me, uh, I ain't going to say never, never say never, but I'm only using the N-word like I'm dropping it today is because of our main subject. Y'all use it. What? You don't like me calling you a nigga? You don't like that? Then stop calling yourself one. Stop calling other black people niggas and stop engaging in nigga codes of conduct. We'll be back after this music break and, and I'll share some of that thread with you and you'll understand why I'm saying that this this is not logical behavior uh, from people who expect to sit down with members of Congress to work on a reparations bill or to have any kind of input. Come on, y'all. Let's let's think about these things. Okay, so we don't take a break. Here's some a track that was sent to me. This is R and B. I usually play hip hop, but this track was sent to me earlier this year. Might have been towards the end of 2018. The lease, and this is she titles it for the Mike Browns. You're listening to Black Talk Radio News on the Black Talk Radio Network. I broadcast Monday through Fridays uh, at starting at 11 a.m. Eastern.
to the left of me I'm praying for humanity As I look to my right There's more crime on our side But we can't give up For the danger zone the rise We gotta stay strong There's too much to live for in this life Too many folks pronounced dead on sight Many brothers gunned down in the broad daylight So what can we do besides seek the truth? Wake up, open your eyes And stop accepting all these lies Who can you call when it's really going down? Outside of service in your own hometown Where can you go when you're surrounded by 12 With guns to your head and your hands in the air It's a war in these streets Just trying to make it out the hood Oh, this oppression's not for It's a war in these streets 60 years have gone by And we're still fighting My hands up, don't shoot because it's more to me than you assume Hands up, don't shoot I got a whole life ahead of me to prove My hands up, don't shoot Because it's more to me than you assume Hands up, don't shoot I got a whole life ahead of me to
Hi, the Black Talk Media Project would like to invite you to become a member of the BTR Community subscription-based social media platform. BTR Community is a platform that was set up for the listening audience of Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black radio network online. For just $24 per year, your subscription gives you access to an interactive space to share information with like-minded people with your privacy guaranteed. Your subscription will go a long way to help us maintain and improve our current media platforms. It will also help provide a budget so that we can begin the task of establishing localized media centers and radio stations across the United States. The best way to show your support and appreciation for what we do here at Black Talk Radio is to subscribe. Help us to help you be informed. Join btrcommunity.com today. And welcome back to Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed, and I'm broadcasting from behind these enemy lines that I call USA Inc. Um, so let me just go through this thread right quick. The HR 40 hearing raises questions, especially when they don't invite ADOS founders or the resident ADOS economists. And when you ask the invited economists who who also happen to smear at ADOS and articles while supporting a virulent attacker, you get and called a liar in a B-I-T-C-H. Okay. Now, again, I had never seen such vitriol, so much conflict between black people who identify as descendants of victims of slavery, victims of Jim Crow, victims of modern prison slavery, until Yvette Carnell and Antonio Moore popped up on the scene. That's who they talking about, the founders, YouTubers who created a hashtag, okay, and made the hashtag popular. And then I see all of these black people going at each other based off of, oh, you've been around for 40 years, you ain't get this or that accomplished, you're a failure. So I I guess Dr. King's a failure, Malcolm X a failure, everybody who died trying are failures. No, the failure is the one who doesn't even try because he he's already defeated. So he doesn't even try. He doesn't even attempt to get freedom or what have you. You act like white people. We are at some of us are acting like white people aren't the most powerful people on the face of the planet in terms of controlling resources in in, in terms of controlling infrastructure, in terms of controlling militaries and police and and what have you. And like at every turn, they haven't used those resources to infiltrate movements and destroy them from within or to to uh, thwart any efforts towards justice. This has been our history for 400 years on this continent. So I don't understand how advocating for at, for reparations relies on a foundation of attacking people who came before you and laid the foundation, the very people who who particip- who've been pushing this since 1989. And you're going to say because of it's taking them that long again, you don't, like some people say in, in a counter-racist community, if you don't understand white supremacy, everything else you think you understand will only confuse you. Okay. You're very confused about who holds the power in this country. 
And who at every turn has thrown up roadblocks, if not destroyed black movements for justice? Then you attack professionals. You talk. You attack people who've been studying these issues and, and saying that, oh, you should get this guy and not that guy. And, and what does it matter? As long as the case is being made for reparations, they're not going in there to say the, the uh, United States doesn't owe reparations. That's not what they're going in there to say. They're going in there to present data. And just because it's not your YouTube personality, you want those shade. And again, take screenshots of, you know, of this Twitter, this Twitter conflict, this social media conflict. So this is some of the this is some of the stuff. And then you wonder why you didn't get an invitation or they didn't get an invitation. Here's one person. I heard HR 40 was a sham. No Buno for ADOS. You don't even know what HR 40 is. HR 40 is to establish a commission to study the impact of slavery, racism, what they call Jim Crow, mass incarceration, on black people and what is needed to repair the descendants of these people. And not just the descendants, because their slave was never abolished. Racism certainly was in there about it, so it's been an ongoing assault on black people. So to say HR 40 is a sham, have you ever even read HR 40? They just don't pass bills. They establish commissions or panels to study. They gather data. Then they come up with recommendations. So to even throw shade at, H at HR 40, because you don't like perhaps because members of NCOBRA who has been identified as an enemy of ADOS by the ADOS so-called leaders. Then, you know, just attacking this woman personally. Name calling. On Twitter, we need positive reparations discourse. On Facebook, bitch, you don't know me. I, you know, I've been a witness to how y'all have been pushing people's buttons, going after people, name calling, ganging up on them on Twitter. Just really pettiness. And then when a person loses their cool, like, you know, you push those buttons and then you get, then you get a, a street response. Because that's the that's how that's the energy that you projecting at them, and then when you get the energy like kind, oh, you want to take a screenshot and post it to Twitter. What? Well, how are you going to get reparations by being belligerent? And like I posted, that's like Donald Trump administration. All of these threats, all this belligerent name calling, and 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 what have you towards the Iranians. But then saying, oh, you can call me Iran at any time. Let's have dialogue. But wait a minute. You just disrespected these people, called them out their name, issuing threats, telling everybody that they're fraud and, and this and that. And then you expect them people to sit down across the table from you and have constructive dialogue. What did the Iranians tell the Trump administration? Told them to have some respect. That's what they told them. You, we don't want to talk to you until you can talk like you got some sense. Until you can talk to us 
as you know, in a um, as we are people that should be respected. We're not going to accept this mistreatment in the form of verbal abuse. This is diplomacy 101. This is why they say Barack Obama was such a smooth operator because of the way he mastered the English language and he did not engage in vitriolic commentary. A total 180 degree difference than Donald Trump who's belligerent and issues threats to world leaders and and entire nations and, and then think these people want to sit down and talk to you. Not that they have any self-respect, they not. It's the same thing. So you sat up here and you call individual Congress members various uh, derogatory names. You sat up here and people who have been working on this issue for 20 and 30 years, not in, in the mainstream media eye, because the mainstream media is not going to cover that because they ain't interested in programming you with the notion that black people deserve reparations. ADOS deserves reparations. So you're not going to know of they work and what it's taken to get to this point. But then you expect them to invite you to Congress? No. You're being vitriolic towards immigrants, xenophobia. You know, different ones are saying this stuff. You think politicians that are are t- know that they got to be reelected or whatnot don't want to give their opponents any ammunition and be like, oh, you calling out Donald Trump for being xenophobic and locking up all them non-white people in cages, but, oh, you want to then invite a YouTube personality and here's the clips of them uh, uh, being saying derogatory things about African immigrants, saying derogatory things about uh, uh, Hispanics coming uh, from south of the border, saying derogatory things about institutions that that have been around for a very long time. No, they're not going to invite you. They are not going to give their enemies ammunition to say you can't criticize Donald Trump for calling African countries shithole countries because, listen, you just invited this person to speak to Congress that engages in the same vitriolic commentary about Africans. And you, so, I mean, it should be no surprise that you ain't got a seat. You ain't got an invitation in the mail. Anybody can sit up on YouTube and and go over data that shows that people owe reparations. There's a lot of people didn't put in that work for decades. Anybody can do that. But how did you attract people to your movement? Well, the same thing that we've heard about media from media corporate heads is sex sales, violence sales, vitriol sales. Why do you think Fox News is the number one network on on the planet? All that vitriolic, you know, it's like people that that want to stare at car wrecks. They want to be entertained. Well, that that's how you attracted the the small following that you attracted. That's how you got thousands of of YouTube subscriptions. 
because you was feeding into people's basis condition. Name calling, vitriol, spewing xenophobia, hatred for your fellow man, and, and, and you don't, and man, please. But again, I understand that podcast. What did I, did I remove that podcast already? But I had tweeted it out the other day. Um, and you could just go to blacktalkradionetwork.com and put in the search term black brains damaged by racism. I understand. Although at the same time, I agree with um, the late Dr. Francis Cress Welsing that we're responsible for our own actions. There comes a point where we just can't blame external forces for our behavior and we have to take responsibility to do self-reflection and change our codes of, of behavior. But again, I know who's most responsible for the negative behavior and that's, that's the the suspected racist and white supremacists who have created mechanisms to, to pro mass produce N-words. People who are ignorant. People who don't know how things work. People who think that although protesting and and creating a shout factory and an echo factory that does have its uses in politics. I'm not, you know, we have to be honest about that. But that can't be your entire operation. And then, you know, for example, there are things that I say about police, calling them slave catchers, saying it's a system of slavery. I know that's why I don't get invited on. To mainstream media. It's because I, but again, I ain't trying to be on mainstream media. I did not create the Black Talk Media Project and the Black Talk Radio Network to grab the attention of CNN, MSNBC, so that they'll give me a job. I built an independent black media network so we can speak honestly about the issues, speak honestly about who's oppressing us. Speak honestly about the problems. And I think we should use accurate language and not politically correct language. So, but I accept that other people working on those same problems do have to be politically correct. If they're working within the system, if they're trying to pass a law, if they're trying to get a bill introduced, if they're trying to get invited to Congress to give testimony and information on why Congress should pass a reparations bill. Okay? So it, it's as simple as that. I'm not mad at you if you don't understand those things because, man, at one point I didn't understand how, how these things worked. So, but we have to change. There's, there's still time to change. You know, there's no better day than today to stop calling ourselves niggas, to stop name calling other black people, to stop tearing down other people working on the problem because we don't agree with their approach or we're not happy with the results thus far, well, how much have you donated to those organizations working on those problems? How much time have you volunteered? 
All of this stuff costs money. It don't happen overnight. Takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of resources. So, uh, you know, I'm proud that, I'm glad, I should say, happy that um, Incobra will be coming on to seriously talk about these issues, of re the issue of reparations without engaging in vitriolic commentary, hinging on, you know, based on propping myself up by tearing somebody else down. No, just talk about the work. Just talk about the data. Ain't nobody else coming over here taking nothing from us. Because if it was in our possession, they couldn't, they wouldn't take it away from us unless we gave it to them. No, we're talking about the people in power are the ones that's giving those things away. Like, for example, I was thinking about this, and I'm going to ready to close it out. Um, I don't see anybody that wants to comment on the board, but I'm, I'm going to close out here. I said the other day, uh, when I did my show on the Hyde Amendment, and especially Elizabeth Warren, talking about the reason uh, we need to repeal the Hyde Amendment is so we can provide federal funding to poor women, which my mom said is cold for black people. You know she talking about black people, non-white people. But we need to increase the funding uh, and make available federal funding for abortions so poor women can have abortions. And then I, I looked up, what's the number one reason women have abortions? What do these women who've had abortions said is the reason why they're getting them? And number one, oh, over 70% of these woman, women said, I could not afford the child or it would have prevented me from properly caring for the children I already have. Wealth inequality. Because Elizabeth Warren tried to connect it to wealth inequality, right? Saying because, you know, by women not able to have abortions, that's creating wealth inequality. No, it's not. It's racism. It's slavery that has created this wealth inequality. That's why you owe reparations. But if 70%, 70 plus percent of these women saying, their number, their reason for getting abortion is because they couldn't afford the child. That says to me, if they could afford the child, they wouldn't have had the abortion. So why should only rich women, women with accesses to resources, be the only ones to be able to start families? Why aren't those women forced to make life and death decisions on whether or not I want to terminate a pregnancy on based off of uh, whether I can afford the child. Rich people don't face those decisions. If a rich woman gets an abortion, it's probably because she cheated on her rich husband and they got a prenup and then she don't want to have this baby possibly coming out looking black or Mexican or or Hispanic, non-white. Oh, oh the, the what you've been doing is now known because that's not his son or his daughter. Now you about to lose your, your access to wealth. The number one, you know, abortion, women should not be getting abortions because they can't feed the children that they want to have. Now, instead of Elizabeth Warren saying that, why not take that money that you're going to um, allocate for poor people to get abortions, why don't, why don't you 
fight the Trump administration on continuing to cut food stamps and other programs like WIC that are for children. And why don't you direct those resources towards these poor women so they can have a child? So, we, uh, uh, again, we got a lot of problems, but there are solutions out there. We got to find the most logical solution with the most logical approach and then implement it, and implement it. So, um, that's my program for today. I want to thank Brother Kwabana for coming on. Always great hearing from the brother. He has dedicated his life he has subjected himself to abuse of listening to this music every day so that he can be informed, so he can inform others about this toxic rap music, this toxic hip-hop that is creating uh, people who don't value themselves nor other people who look like them. You can't, like I played the clip for the Mike Browns and that was about slave catchers killing us. We can't, can't afford to fight a war, a shooting war on two fronts where we're, where we're being shot down by cops and then also being shot down by members of our own community. That's not going to work. That's not logical. We, we cannot continue to engage in inward codes of conduct because we will continue to lose. So with that said, thanks, Brother Kwabana for uh, coming on and sharing with us. Definitely want to support the Juneteenth boycott of Subway, McDonald's, because they underwrite and fund all this disrespectful music on these public airways. Um, today is Friday, so I won't be back till Monday, um, but it's the weekend. Lots of slave catchers out there with slave catcher roadblocks just trying to catch you on anything they can to generate revenue from for the state or federal Government, so you gotta learn how to move on a war in a war zone. Okay, you don't be in a war zone trying to uh, bring attention to yourself, revealing your position so that you can become a prisoner of war. No, that that no, you can't move like that behind the enemy lines. So y'all be safe out there. Again, I'll be back Monday. Um, share the podcast if you think others need to uh, hear this information. And I'll talk to you next week. Peace and blessings to all. Scott 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 Scott.